want to encourage you to from now to January 26 I want us to pray very specifically for a spirit of unity to come among the pastors among the Christian leaders in our city say god move upon the hearts of pastors move upon the hearts of Christian leaders of all, all kinds of Christian organizations in our city and let there be a whole sense of unity and 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 a desire to see the city affected for Jesus i just want to encourage as often as you can remember just to pray for that because that will be a step forward in in seeing our city transformed let's just pray together right now father we thank you for this testimony of what you did lord several years ago in kali colombia lord father we are standing here for our city of bangalore and god we pray for a spirit of unity in the hearts of the christian leaders the bishops the pastors leaders of christian organizations lord this the sense of unity to come into their hearts into our hearts and lord god that we will have a heart for the city lord not just to grow our churches but to see the city transformed oh god we pray you will do this increase what you have begun increase what you're doing god may the body of christ rise up to affect the city we pray in jesus name amen amen god bless you, you may be seated thank you for uh, just bearing with me as we show this video we felt it's important for those who have not seen it yet to see it and get a sense of where we want to go if you have your bibles please uh, turn with me to second peter chapter 1 we are continuing with our recipe second peter chapter 1 and uh, i'll try to do this quick so that uh, you don't get too tired second peter chapter 1 We're going to read verses 5 through 11. Second Peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 11 as we continue this morning talking about seven spices. Peter writes in Second Peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 11 but also for this very reason giving all diligence that means make every effort add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love for if these things are yours and abound you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ for he who lacks these things is short sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins Therefore brethren be even more diligent to make your call and election sure for if you do these things you will never stumble for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ We're using this as our foundation text for the series on seven spices or so seven ingredients as Peter said add it to your faith So to your faith you need to add these things in your life he says and he lists seven different ingredients or spices that we are supposed to add he lists virtue and uh, knowledge and perseverance and kindness and self-control and godliness and brotherly kindness and love add this to your faith and he says if you do add these things to your faith you believe in Jesus as your savior You believe that he has died for your sins, you've come to know him as your savior. You don't stop there. You continue to add these things into your life. Grow these things in your life. 
And he says, if you do this, then you will not be barren or unfruitful, meaning you will bear fruit in your Christian life. You're going to be productive. Your Christian life is going to result in something meaningful here on earth. And secondly, if you do this, he says, you will never stumble or fall. This is the way to live a solid Christian life that cannot be shaken, where you will not fall. You will stand through time. However, Peter also says, if you do not do these things, if you do not add to your faith all these things, he says, then we are like people who are short-sighted. We can't see ahead. We can't see in the things of the Spirit. We can't look at the eternal. And we're just confined to what's immediate. And uh, he also says in verse 9, if you do not add these things, then you're like somebody who has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins and you will have the tendency to go back to those things. So it is so important for our Christian life to add these things to our faith and, and develop these things in our life. Last Sunday, we talked about virtue, which is godly character. This morning, I want to spend some time talking about the second ingredient or spice that he mentions, which is knowledge. Add it to your faith. Knowledge. Now, when Peter is talking about knowledge, he is not talking about earthly knowledge. You know, you get your bachelor's, you're quite spiritual. You get your master's, a little more spiritual. You get your PhD. Now, he's not talking about that kind of knowledge. What knowledge is he talking about? Obviously, he's talking about spiritual knowledge, spiritual understanding, a grasp of spiritual realities, an understanding of spiritual truths. That kind of knowledge he's talking about. Now, Peter himself was a fisherman. He was uneducated and unlearned. So definitely he's not talking about the knowledge of the world. You know, get all the information of the world. He's not talking about that kind of knowledge. He's an unlearned, ignorant man. In fact, you know, Second Peter is the book that becomes a basis for a whole ministry of apologetics that we have today in, in the Christian world. And unfortunately, that was not Peter's intent because Peter was an unlearned and uneducated man. When he wrote about apologetics, he was not talking about logical arguments to defend the faith because he had none. Peter's apologetics in its truest form was a demonstration of the power of the gospel. That was Peter's apologetics. Unfortunately, in today's world, we take one scripture from the epistle of Peter and the whole ministry of apologetics that is based purely on intellectual argument and reasoning. And that's not the apologetics that Peter was referring to. That's a whole another sermon. We'll do it some other time. Coming back to knowledge. Peter said, add it to your faith, knowledge. What knowledge was he talking about? Right here in the second episode of Peter, he uses the word knowledge several times. And if you just follow along, he tells us what knowledge he's referring to. In 2 Peter chapter 1, right there in verse 2, he says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. What knowledge is he talking about? The knowledge of God, of Jesus. Verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who has called us to glory and virtue. What knowledge is He talking about? The knowledge of Jesus. If you skip over to chapter 2 in Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 20, once again He uses the phrase knowledge. He says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they are overcome and entangled in them, and overcome the latter end is worse than 
Here again he uses the phrase, the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And lastly in 2 Peter 3.18, Peter writes, he says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he's using this phrase over and over again. He's very clear. What knowledge are you talking about, Peter? I'm talking about the knowledge of Jesus. Knowing Him. Grow in this. Add to your faith knowledge. Increasing knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So don't say, you know, yeah, 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 I know Jesus died for my sins and that's all there is. No, no, no. That's where your faith begins. But add to your faith knowledge. What knowledge? Grow in the knowledge of Jesus, of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We must increase in that knowledge. Now, I'm just going to quickly go through several scriptures. We don't have time to turn all of them. You can make a note of these scriptures. Now, why is knowledge so important? God speaks and says in the book of Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, He says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And the same thing is said in Isaiah 5 and verse 13. He says, my people are gone into captivity because they lack knowledge, because they have rejected the knowledge of God. See, when God's people reject knowledge, the knowledge of God, it makes us vulnerable to be taken captive by the enemy. And makes us vulnerable to the destructive schemes and plans of the enemy. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, the knowledge of God. So, you know, sometimes we use this term, and ignorance is bliss, and might be, you know, in some cases, but when it comes to spiritual things, ignorance is not bliss. The things you do not know can harm you much more than what you can imagine. So it's important for us to pursue the knowledge of God and say, God, I want more understanding of spiritual realities, of spiritual truth, and begin to pursue it and move into it. Add to your faith knowledge. The knowledge of God, the knowledge of His Word is so important for you and me to walk in our spiritual inheritance. In Acts 20 and verse 32, Paul says, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. God's word builds you up and brings you into your spiritual inheritance. Amen. So we got to know the word, know God, because that's when you can walk in. Your spiritual inheritance. Otherwise, it's like, you know, having this great big inheritance, but it not affecting your life in any way. The bridge to it is knowledge. Know God. Know His Word. Daniel 11 and verse 32 says, The people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. So you want to be somebody who's going to do exploits for God, not just sit in church and be a church member, but be a person who will move, who will be a shaker and a mover for the kingdom of God here in this city and this nation. Then the Bible says the people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. We must grow in the knowledge of God. Add to your faith knowledge. Proverbs 24 verse 5 says a man of knowledge increases strength. When you have the knowledge of God, you are strong. Amen? So spiritual knowledge, increasing in spiritual knowledge is so important for us as believers. Now, when we talk about knowledge, we are, the objective of this knowledge is not just the accumulation of information. 
But it is so that our minds can be renewed. That's what spiritual knowledge does. It renews our mind. It changes our way of thinking. And that results in life transformation. So there's a difference here between intellectual knowledge and spiritual knowledge. Intellectual knowledge causes the increase of facts. You know a lot more about, you know, different things. And it just results in the acquiring of information. But spiritual knowledge, the kind of knowledge we want to pursue, causes the renewing of the mind. It changes your perspective of things. It changes the way you look at things. You begin to look at things the way God looks at them rather than the way man looks at them. It causes the renewing of the mind which results in the transformation of life. That's why Paul writes in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your So when our mind is renewed with spiritual knowledge, changes our way of thinking, it results in our lives being transformed. And that's what we are after. We're not after this accumulation of, you know, knowledge of facts and information, but we're after knowledge so that our minds can be renewed and our lives changed, our lives transformed. So how do we increase in spiritual knowledge and understanding? To do that, we must have an appetite, a hunger for the Word of God. Amen. You've got to be hungry. You know, it's like this. Uh, I know many of us do this. When we go for a buffet lunch. I mean, if you're going for a buffet, most of us will make sure we don't eat breakfast. I mean, we want to make sure that when we go for this buffet lunch, I mean, uh, we make sure we we have as many empty containers as possible. I mean, (laughs) and you know, just be real hungry so that you can get the most out of that buffet. Now, when it comes to spiritual things, you've got to have that kind of an appetite. Say, God, I am hungry. I want more. The nice thing about spiritual things is this, that you can be full and still be hungry, which cannot happen in the natural. Maybe for some, but for most. But in the spirit, you can be full and you'll be still hungry for more. It's the attitude of your spirit saying, God, I want more. I want more. In Proverbs chapter 2, Solomon put it this way. If you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, he says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. See, he's saying, listen, you've got to have some hunger inside you. You've got to cry out. You've got to lift up your watch. You've got to seek for it. You've got to search for it. And if you will go after it in such a manner, he says, then you will get the knowledge of God. So we've got to have spiritual hunger for more of God, of who he is, of knowing more of him. No, Jesus put it like this in John 8, 31. He said, if you continue in my words, then you're my disciples and you'll know the truth. In other words, you know, you've got to continue with it. Not just, you know, yeah, I read my Bible this Sunday morning. I looked at three scriptures. No, 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 no. Continue in it. Be diligent in it. He says, then you're my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth set you free. So here are some practical things that you and I should do to increase in spiritual knowledge. Read the Bible in a disciplined way. How often do you read the Bible? How often do you open up the scriptures and read it for yourself? 
I want to encourage you to be disciplined in that. You know, we'll talk about, he mentioned self-control or discipline as one of the other ingredients we're supposed to add to our faith. But let me just make the statement here. You know, any of us who know what it means to go to the gym. You know, when you go to the gym, the first few days, it's really hard. I mean, your muscles hurt. You think like a bulldozer has gone over you. You know, and parts of your body that you never knew existed suddenly make their presence felt in an unpleasant manner with pain. It's like, oh, the whole body's hurting. But, you know, you've got to press past it and soon maybe after two weeks, you can do the same thing and there is no pain. And now you can begin to stretch. You can add some more weights and, and keep working. But the initial period is always difficult. If you take a two-week break and go back to the gym, same story. It hurts the first few days. It hurts a heart real bad. But you got to work at it. You can't say, well, muscles hurting. I'll go back after one week. <laughs> go back after one week, that still hurts. You can't escape. You got to work at it. The same thing with reading your Bible. You know, oh man, I got to get up and read my Bible. You get up and you fall asleep. And all these things happen. But you know, you got to press past it. You develop, you discipline yourself. That you get up in the morning or evening or whatever time is good for you. And you sit down with a word. You know, read your Bible or read it on your laptop. or Whatever is good for you. you. You spend time with the word. And initially it might be hard. Your mind starts wandering. You're thinking about your grocery list. You're thinking about all the 10 friends you got to talk to. And, and, and all those things are there. Yes, everybody faces it. But you've got to press through it. And soon you'll come to a place when, when you open up your Bible, it's a place of delight. And once it becomes a place of delight, you will always go back to your place of pleasure. Then nobody has to tell you, read your Bible. You'll be waiting to read it. Because you always will go back to your place of pleasure. Once your Bible reading becomes a place of pleasure, then it's, it's like... You can be sitting anywhere. You open the Bible and there is hallowed ground. You're enjoying it. But you've got to press past those initial days and weeks where you have to discipline yourself to read the word. And I want to encourage you, don't just read the Bible like you're reading the newspaper. But read it to meditate in the word. That means you go... You know, it's like the cow chewing on the cud. You, you put it there and then you chew on it, chew on it till you digest the word and assimilate it into your being. And meditation, I like to break it down into three steps. Meditation involves three things. It involves contemplation, visualization, and confession. You contemplate on the word. You think deeply in what you're reading. You visualize the word. You put yourself in the word and the word in you and see what, how it will change you and how it affects your world. You visualize it. You see mind pictures of the word becoming flesh in you and you embodying the word. And thirdly, you confess it. You say it with your mouth. The traditional Jewish way is they would sit down, they would put a shawl around and they'll go rock back and forth. The shawl acts like a blinder, nobody's disturbing them. They will rock back and forth and they'll just keep mumbling, muttering that same word over and over again. That was Jewish meditation. So God teaches us, you meditate in my word, meaning you contemplate, you visualize, you confess the word. That's you making the word, assimilating it and making it part of your so, how do you increase in the knowledge of God? Read the Bible, meditate in the Bible. Secondly, listen to teaching from the Word of God. 
you know, thank God nowadays, you know, we can listen to God's word. We can read good Christian books and it's available to us in so many ways. Whether it's on television, MP3s, just listen to the word of God. Now, of course, you've got to be careful who you listen to because there are a lot of people saying a lot of different things. But choose your people carefully and listen to them. Get the word of God even through just listening. If you're driving or riding on a bike or traveling in your car, uh, you know, download your messages on it. Listen to it while you're traveling. You're getting the word into your spirit. Amen. It's worth the investment because you're increasing in the knowledge of God. You're adding knowledge to your faith. And thirdly, as you're reading the word, it's important also to listen to the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Meaning, don't just read the Bible from an intellectual perspective, but read it for revelation. Meaning, to see the things God wants you to see. The Holy Spirit has been given, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. The Holy Spirit has been given to reveal to us the things that God has made known to us. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, he says, Things which eyes haven't seen, which ears haven't heard, which has not entered in the heart of man. Such things God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, he says, But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. Then he continues in verse 12, he says, For you have not received the Spirit of this world, but you have received the Spirit who is of God, so that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The Holy Spirit is here to help you understand the things that are freely given to you of God. So open up yourself to revelation of the word. Ephesians 1, he says, I want pray that the eyes of your understanding be opened so that you may know him. See, in order to know him, our eyes have to be opened. So pray that way and pray like this is a great prayer in Psalm 119, 18. The psalmist said, you know, he's reading his Bible like all of us. And he says, oh God, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things out of your words. Pray that prayer for yourself. God, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things out of your word. You know, I like to picture it like this. If you're sailing over an ocean and if you're, you know, standing on the deck of the ship and you look all around you, it's like, man. It's just water, water everywhere. Nothing interesting. But if you really want to see interesting stuff, you got to dive in. And as you go under the water, you're going to see all those wonderful creatures that are in there. So if you're a surface kind of a reader of the Bible, you'll say, like, it's so boring. Yeah, dive in. You will see the wonderful things. That are in the word of God. Amen. So I think you need to wear your diving suit on. Jump into the word. See the wonderfulness. Pray. Open thou my eyes. That I may behold wonderful things. Out of your word. I want to close with these two thoughts. That when God works in us. Spiritual knowledge is received by revelation. And not by understanding. Spiritual knowledge is received